and welcome to Let's Dive In. It's our little podcast. Where we have a go at answering questions all about life, the universe and everything in it. I'm Phil. And I'm Julie. So let's dive in. How are you, Julie? I am well. And actually, I wanted to tell you, I've been getting the kids ready for Halloween this year. It's always such a good laugh to see what kind of costumes they request. Oh, that's cool. Well, let's hear it. What do they want to be this year? Well, you know, in previous years, they've actually sort of set their minds on things quite quickly and like, yes, I want to be this and I want to be this. But this year, Nova has not settled at all. And at the moment, she is going to be a wizard witch which I have absolutely no idea what that is. It's a combination. I imagine it's a witch with a cloak and a pointy hat without a brim. You never know. Just give her a sweeping brush because then she can clean the house at the same time. Ah, yes, gotcha. Okay, and then Tycho, he'd like to be the Hulk. Super cool. Oh, he can create the mess that she can clean up. Great, loving it this so far. Perfect. And Selena is going to be a leopard. And Selena can hide in the distance and get away with it all. Oh yeah, she'll be camouflaged in all the mess. Yeah. See, I mean, like, it would be cool if you could actually be, like, green like the Hulk or have spots like a leopard. I mean, I think having, I think I'd probably like to have, like, I think stripes like a zebra. Yes, I think I'm going to go stripey like a zebra. It did make me reflect on, actually, why aren't we those things? Why aren't we stripey or spotty or, or blue or pink or green? Yeah, it's a good point. And I think you're not the only one. In fact, I think we have a question about it, too. This week's Inquisitive Soul comes from Canada. It's eight-year-old Killian. Hi, I'm Killian. I'm eight years old. I like to know why there are so many different skin colors. Thanks. And before we get to our expert and what Julie and I think, let's see what the kids have to say about this. Because everybody's different? Because their skin doesn't have to look like our person. I'm not sure. I used to think... Uh, if people were in hotter countries, they'd have really strong tans, and, and, but I don't think that anymore. I, I, I don't really know. Just ancestors, I guess. That is a pretty interesting mix of ideas. Yeah, not just interesting, but colourful too. But to get to the bottom of it, shall we get our expert in? Yes, our expert for this question is Nina Jablonski. And I'm a biological anthropologist. A biological anthropologist. It's a mouthful. It's also a really cool thing to be. A biological anthropologist is a scientist who is interested in everything about human origins and human adaptations to the environment. Basically, everything that's about how humans have adapted to the physical environment over thousands hundreds of thousands and millions of years so it's time for us to find out why we're all different colors and why we're not stripy and spotty even though we might want to be let's dive in what we see in human skin is that it varies in the amount of protective pigment that it has in it. There are a few different substances in our skin that impart color to it. And the most important of these is a complex, beautiful molecule called melanin. And melanin in its 
longest and most complex form is a dark brown, almost black molecule that has the remarkable ability of absorbing visible light and ultraviolet radiation. And what melanin does is it protects us from high levels of damaging ultraviolet radiation in strong sunlight. Think of the melanin as a natural sun cream. It protects the skin from the harmful UV rays. So those living at the equators would need more of it because in that part of the world, the UV rays from the sun are at their strongest and most dangerous. And so the people who live in these equatorial parts of the planet who have more melanin in their skin visually look much darker than those people who live closer to the poles. Like most rules, there are exceptions, like the Inuit people, but we'll go into that a little bit more later on. We could see a geographical gradient. In other words, a, a gradual change in colour from one latitude to another. When we look at the equator, a part of the world that gets the most intense sun, we see people who are mostly very darkly pigmented. As we get closer to the poles, farther away from the equator and under much less intense and far more seasonal sun conditions, we see people who are much less pigmented. In fact, very lightly pigmented relative to those people living at the equator. So people with more melanin in their skin, i.e. darker skinned people, they can also produce more melanin when the sun shines more in the summer, making them even darker. Now, some of us, <coughs> Phil, <coughs> aren't quite as melanin rich. And instead of turning tan or brown, well, we either freckle or go bright red. Don't we, Phil? Me? No, uh, I'm not as... I well, no, actually, I do. I go so red. Uh, I think I can be seen from space. So I have another question, then, that is related specifically to this. Because as an Irishman, you, you said, like, the tan even more. We, we, obviously, we don't tan evenly as well. There are patches. And when I go out into the sun, I look fierce freckly. Um, is that because I just have little bits of melanin every all over the place? Is, is or, or it, what is it? Well, you know, I didn't want to single out Ireland, <laughs> but come on. <laughs> but I will say that many people in Ireland really uh, are melanin poor. Let's just say that <laughs> that you are melanin deprived. This is a result of your, your fine ancestors having lived under very low sunlight conditions and highly seasonal ultraviolet radiation conditions for thousands of years. And under those conditions, it was actually important for your ancestors to lose most of their dark melanin pigmentation. And the reason is that your skin, in addition to all of the other important things it does, it is a factory for making vitamin D. And so imagine if you have a lot of dark sunscreen in your skin 
and you live in a place that doesn't have very much sunlight, you're not going to be able to make vitamin D in your skin from available sunlight because the sunscreen will prevent it. And so, again, evolution has worked to actually change the skin pigmentation of your ancestors. Now, quickly going back to the Inuit people that Phil mentioned earlier. Yes, their diets are so rich in vitamin D from all the fish that they eat that their skin evolved to be melanin rich and so dark in colour because they didn't need to lose the melanin to produce the extra vitamin D. And well, I may be melanin poor, but as a result, hopefully I will be vitamin D rich. And for those wondering why Phil is celebrating this, it's because vitamin D is actually incredibly important to keep our bones, teeth and muscles healthy because the vitamin D helps regulate the amount of calcium and something else called phosphate in our bodies. If you could be any colour, what would you be? Well, probably a nice tan colour, although maybe purple because it is my favourite colour. Turquoise. I would like to be blue because I like the colour blue. Hmm. I'm not, I'd probably just stay as I was. How come? Well, I wouldn't want to be walking around as a green person, so. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, no. It, if everybody else was, then sure, but you know. If I would, I wouldn't just want to be the only person. But I guess Hulk is, and he's my favourite superhero, so I'm not sure. Go on then, Phil. What colour would you want to be? Well, I don't know if I'd want to be... Like, I mean, I, I don't know. Zebra, I said, like, black and white stripes earlier on. I, that kind of... I don't know. It's It feels very me at the moment now. I don't know. It's, I just I could see it happening. What about you, Julie? What do you think? What colour? Well, before, before we talk about me, because you have quite a flamboyant wardrobe, do you actually have any zebra print clothes? <laughs> uh, not yet, but I may be on my phone uh, going on to, <laughs> to just find Maybe I should get you some. Maybe I should. Get hey, that'd be cool. Does, does the budget yeah. allow for zebra print for? <laughs> um, but yeah, about me. So um, I think I would want to be all the colours, but not all at the same time. Um, I think you know you could change your colour every day depending on what you fancy being. Is that cheating? I, I don't think it's cheap. It does sound fabulous that you could just go, today I will be turquoise or something. Is that what you're thinking? Turquoise is a good colour. Um, but I think the one thing that you need to be careful about, though, is that maybe it would start reflecting your mood. Like, you know, if you're feeling a bit down one day, you might choose a, 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 a sad colour. Uh, I don't even know what a sad colour would be, but often people say, you know, you're feeling blue today when you're feeling yeah, a bit sad. Yeah, maybe. And I don't yeah. think I'd want everyone to know that. And if you were red, what would red mean as a mood thing? What would your red be? Ooh, well, red could either be angry or um, or I could be passionate about something. Well, yeah, I suppose. Uh, red, you, you, yeah, I would imagine that's when you're hungry. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I've, I've seen you when you're hungry. I just, that's what I fear. Uh, maybe you could be like a disco ball. You could be all the colours at the same time, like a rainbow or something like that. Ah, disco ball. I love disco ball. I could reflect other people's colours. There you go. And shine more colours on other people. Yay. Having listened back to some of the things that Nina said, I think it is really interesting to think about how via evolution we've all become such different colours because we've all adapted to the environments that we live in. So what's to happen in our future? 
the future of humanity? Will our skin continue to adapt as we move around the planet? We see a lot of this sort of increased mixing of skin colors and we see a lot more different sort of intermediate shades of tan and brown, especially in the world's big cities where people have been coming together for generation after generation. When you go to London or New York or Sydney, you see all of these, you know, rampant mixtures of people, beautiful new skin colors that have been uh, created over just the last few generations of time. We will see increasing sort of tanning of the world or uh, homogenization becoming more similar, but it's important to point out that not everybody is going to be living in a big city. Even in the future, there will be people living in isolated rural parts of the world, both in the, in the extremes toward the poles as well as toward the equator. So there will be uh, pockets of, of interesting, unique pigmentation, both darkly and lightly pigmented people all over the world still. But there will be a lot more people who look uh, sort of tan and brown and who have exciting mixtures of different pigmentation genes. I love this because it's like the science explains where everything comes from and you just accept it and realise the world's a rainbow and it's it's fantabulous. Um, but I do wonder, when we're talking about evolution, you know, People, you know, back back in the day, um, we lived mostly in, you know, if we were in the equatorial part of the world, there was a lot of forests and there was a lot of, you know, hunter gathering sort of activity going on and we were trying to hide and be camouflaged. Why didn't we evolve spots and stripes and all those cool things so that we could be camouflaged without all the paint all over us. Like, why Why aren't there no stripy or spotty people? Really, again, we have to look at, at evolution. And what we see in our distant ancestry is basically, I mean, I hate to say it, Julie, but you're an ape and I'm an ape, right? And apes don't have stripes and spots we have very conservative skin. And so when changes occur in our, in our skin, they occur all over in a uniform color and a uniform pattern. So I'm so sorry, we lost out in the evolutionary lottery of decoration. But oh, the beautiful thing about humans is that of course, we love to put on spots and stripes and camouflage patterns and we and through body art we we do all of these things we imitate the animals around us we we create all sorts of geometric and organic patterns so we don't have our own built-in decoration but we certainly compensate for that through all sorts of modes of decoration, both permanent and temporary decoration on our bodies. Well, Julie, you might be an ape, 
But I am now officially the poster boy for Irish freckles and melanin poor people. Well, ta-da. <laughs> congratulations. However, it is only for a few months of the year when the sun shines, whereas I will always be an ape. Yes, especially when you're hungry. Banana, give me a banana, 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 banana. Oh, she's gone red. She's ah! gone red. I'm <laughs> red. She's already I'm red. a mood. You're already a mood. <laughs> Would it be useful to us if we had stripes and spots like other animals do? Mm, probably not, because we don't live in the wild and we don't need to hunt for food and go in with like the trees or bushes or stripes. Because we can just go to the supermarket instead, instead of hunting down food. Yes, I would like to have the same pattern as a zebra. It would be pretty useful for hide and seek. You could disguise in places. Camouflage with like walls or tiles. Yellow stripes? Mm-hmm. And pink stripes. Oh, it's going to be a yellow, pinky, stripey person. All my skin will be that colour and not my lips. Oh, what colour would your lips my be? Eyes. What would they be? They'll be actually pink. Ah, oh, I see. I have lipstick on. Oh, very nice. I have to admit, I have really enjoyed learning about skin colours and about our evolution, starting with this common ancestor and then potentially going to a common future. We've gone from one colour, we've moved around the world and changed colour, and now as we move around even more, we're going to all become one colour again. And I think on reflection, I wish that colour was purple. I think... If we have to all be one colour, it should be purple. (laughs) Purple, yeah. Although, maybe instead of an experiment this week, uh, listeners, why don't you draw us up some pictures of you and what colours or patterns you'd like to be and send them in to us on the various social media channels with the hashtag Let's Dive In. However, if you did fancy an experiment, you could maybe secretly go and find your parents' makeup bag and just have a go and see what you could draw on your faces. Shh, I didn't suggest it. Or your own makeup bag, if you have one. Like, I mean, I, the ones I have. I just got a lovely new foundation and it's actually... Does it fabulous. make you go various funky colours? No, it actually makes me blend in with the cameras are on and uh, I need it because I've got a big bright red nose. <sighs> Camouflage. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so we've come full circle, both in the episode where we've talked about evolution and our human colours. And now I guess we could come back full circle to Halloween and dressing ourselves up. So... Finally, after all of this chat, Phil, what are you going to be for Halloween this year? Well, originally I wasn't so sure, but having talked about what colour I'd like to be and the zebra uh, print, I think I'm going to be a zebra. Now, unfortunately, I need four legs for that. So I'm thinking that I will, I'll, have to, I'll have to hire either the front part or the back part of a zebra somewhere that I can then work together with someone. So if anybody out there wants to be the front or back part of a zebra, just, yeah, get get in touch. Julie, what are you, what are you going to do? Do you want to be a zebra with me? What are you Bagsy, doing? Bagsy, not the back of the zebra. Not the back of the zebra. Ah. No, thank you. No, no. Um, no, I'm going to be at a wedding this year. So I, uh, I think a fancy dress is probably a little bit inappropriate. Um, but in the past, I have been all sorts. I have painted myself completely blue and gone to parties as the genie. I have also painted my face white with a big pink lightning strike across the middle as a glam rock guitarist. And I've also been a very traditional pumpkin. So, you know, (laughs) actually, I've got an orange dress. Maybe I should wear that. (laughs) Oh, brilliant. You've been, it was like, genie, glam rock artist, 
Pumpkin. <laughs> like, yeah. Pumpkin's a good one. Yeah. I like a pumpkin. They're not quite rock and roll, but yes, yes, they are. Oh, but speaking of Halloween, I think Ashling's got some slightly spooky Halloween science facts for us. Let's hover. Ashling, where are you? And let's hear your fact. Jingle first, though, please. Human skin color has evolved over millions of years. And for my fun fact today, I want to tell you about two more animal skin adaptations to UV radiation. And because, and because it is October, it will be very spooky. Ooh, I'm so scared. <laughs> First thing, hello, Ashley. Nice to see you. Yeah, that too. <laughs> oh, yeah, hello, hello. And, um, I mean, yeah, I know, but I, I see you're, you're excited about your fun fact this week. Yeah, okay, was it not? Should I do a better teaser? Is... Okay, okay, how about this one? How about this one? Do you want to learn about an animal that looks like it sweats blood and one that has a glow-in-the-dark skull? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm totally yeah. into this now. Okay, great. So first up, we have hippopotamuses, which mostly live in sub-Saharan Africa, where there can be a lot of high UV radiation. Yeah, okay, so lots of sun, and since they are mostly hairless, I imagine they get a lot of sunburns, Is and why they stay underwater during the day. Kind of makes sense. Yeah, They've also adapted to the sun by producing a fluid in their skin glands. Is that is that like our sweat? It is, but it isn't. It's a little different. It's it's goopy like egg whites. Ugh. And even though it starts out clear, the chemicals in this semi-sweat react to exposure in the air and turn blood red. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, um, why? Why would they do that? Why? Why? Okay, well, when scientists collected this hippo sweat... I do not want that job. No, no, that sounds nasty. <laughs> they found that this red fluid absorbs ultraviolet light. So what you're saying is that the hippos adapted to high UV radiation by sort of sweating creepy coloured sun cream. Yeah. Ew. And another creepy thing before we have to move on... The old harmful medicinal practice of bloodletting may have been inspired by misunderstanding this hippo sweat. Uh, so, <clears throat> what a preposterous hypothesis about the hydropoiesis of hippopotamus. <laughs> the, 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 the what now? I mean, whatever that was, Judy, that was pretty good. I'm impressed that you didn't trip over yourself there now. And speaking of an animal that hates tongue twisters, the chameleon is our next creepy critter. Ah, nice segue. Now, this segment is too short to go in all the amazing ways that chameleons communicate and change color. But do you want to hear how these shade shifters use the sun's UV rays in a bizarre way? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, go yes, on please. then, please. Yes. Okay. There are over 150 species of chameleons, and they have these unique bumpy skull bones and all kinds of different crests or even horns. What? Like they have like little fancy little lizard helmets. Oh, that's so cute. But their skulls are covered with these bony bumps, and at these places, the skin is stretched super thin, and UV light from the sun goes through the skin and bounces back off the bones, causing a fluorescent glowing bluish color. So their skin is a little bit like a window uh, that lets the UV light in, and their bones then shine the blue light back out. Yeah. Sadly, though, we can't see this UV light without a black light torch or anything. Aww. But chameleons have evolved amazing eyesight. And scientists think they use the secret glowing to signal what kind of species or sex they are. So you could say if one's trying to, like, make more friends, they could try to use their uh, funny bones to become stand-up comedians. Huh? <laughs> don't don't uh, you mean chameleons? Oh, stand-up comedians. Yeah, yeah, that would have been funnier. <laughs> 
don't. Well, if their jokes are <laughs> anything like yours, I'm sure they'd all get an epic eye roll. Ah, <laughs> no, well, yeah, fair. But for all we know, their boneheaded jokes uh, might be really cool in the comedian world. And that's another exciting field of potential research. So I hope you enjoyed these freaky stories of skin adaptations just in time for Halloween. Now it's time for me to boogie. See you next week. Bye. I think I'm going to dress up as a chameleon for, for Halloween. Ooh, I'd like to see that. Well, you wouldn't. That's the point, right? She's still here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank you all so much for making it to the end of our Let's Dive In show. We love making these shows for you. But of course, there's more to it than just having some fun. This show wouldn't be possible without Science Foundation Ireland. Our coordinators, Lorna, Sharon and Avian at UCD Explore. And of course, the one who oversees it all, Nikki Coughlin. And the one who oversees Nikki and everything else, Suzanne Kelly. Finally, a big, huge and giant thank you goes to you, our listeners, for listening and also for sending in your questions. Without you, we wouldn't have a show. So please like, share, subscribe and give us a review if you've enjoyed it. And if you feel so inclined. I mean, we're very much obliged. So thank you and And bye. bye.